Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Xin Si and I've been thinking about books. To it, it's about half the length of the original song. <laughs> Wait, <that's, laughs> almost did the whole thing. That was a minute long. That's, that's being yeah, a bit. The harsh. song's only about two minutes. That song two. has at least two more verses, a, a chorus, and a bridge. So, yeah. like you know, that's all short. Had to be represented. I was actually even slightly faster than the original. Oh, yeah, interesting. Uh, hello, <laughs> hello. My name is uh, Dan Offen, and I like books so much that you could say I leave for them. Okay, you prepared that one. I did. Okay, <laughs> on the way here. <laughs> well, nobody's going to top that. Wrap it up, everybody. Good show, everyone. Good show. Uh, uh, and I'm Nathan Roberts. Hi, Nathan. Hello. How do I do? I fully introduce myself. I mean, you can what? put as much detail as you want into this introduction. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. Uh, I like long walks on the beach and uh, hate crimes. Okay, yeah. On gonna, the beach. You're going to fit right in on this on this podcast. We also like hate crimes on the beach. Sweet. What's, what's your favourite beach and hate crime combination? Uh, once I threw a body, body ball at a swan. Mm. You're not meant to be on a beach. Is that technically a hate crime, though? It was a black swan. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> what yeah. beach was it on? Brighton Beach. Brighton Beach, good beach. Well, why was there a swan on Brighton? Not exactly. <laughs> that was my stance. Yeah. More importantly, why was there a black swan on Brighton Beach? Yeah. You know? Why couldn't they go back to where the black swan I say black swan, it was Natalie Portman and she was there with her family. <laughs> I, but I, it's an English beach and she's an American it's and true. it's... Well, well, no, I was and also she's pissed. Jewish, so it still counts as a hate crime. So she's Jewish? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Her real, like name, that her real name is not Portman, it's um, Goldberg. <laughs> She was the inspiration for the sitcom The Goldbergs. Um, yeah, Jeff Garland actually plays her. <coughs> I can't help but feel they took a bit of a few liberties of her the source material. She had a lot of work done when she moved to Hollywood. Oh, okay. She did used to look like a fat forty-year-old man and have no. a very deep uh, oh, voice. Oh, mm. so that's who she was in Leon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, who's that in the corner over there? Hello, I'm Edward Bumblebee. I'm a cat barber. Mm, okay. I, 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 okay, I'm just going to say right now, Edward, um, I am actually allergic to cats, so well, I need you to stay away from me. Why do you uh, own a cat? I don't own allergic. a cat. I just think that you're probably covered in cat hair. No? Yeah. What? Wait, do you assume everyone just owns a cat? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <How> what? You... <laughs> right, okay, Edward, just, just, like, can, can you hear us? Can you hear us clearly? I, uh... Can you understand what the word? Yes. Okay. All right. 
So, the question I'm asking you... What? Right now, the question... The I'm question? You, yeah, that I'm asking you right now. Me? Do you have... Are you covered in cat hair? No. Good. I'm hairless. You, well, yeah, I could tell that, but I was just wondering whether you had any, like, you dragged any cat hair from your previous customers. Hey, goodness. Oh, that's very rude. Would you say if someone's a regular barber, like, yeah, are you covered would, in hair? Would you say you well, no, covered in hair? I assume they're covered if in hair. If a regular barber. Yeah, but you're what a cat said? barber. You're a cat barber. I'm not what? allergic to normal hair. No. More concerned. Yeah. No. Um, okay. The right. answer's no. Have you been working today? Yes. What, what cat did you barb? I, I, uh, I, I, I started, I woke up, and I ate a, a croissant. The story's very long. And then, and then, um, and then I, and then I had a, a, a cat come in my window, and the cat's face had all the fur on it, so I took it off. The face. You just shaved the cat. Is this an exchange for money, or you do it pro bono? I pro bono. Um, You're a pro bono cat barber. Pro bono cat barber. Have you ever? Have you ever <laughs> so, barb? Cut the hair of a cat with permission from anybody other than yourself. Yes. When was that? Yesterday. <laughs> okay. Whose permission did you get? Uh, Tony Blair's. Okay. Right. Was this Tony, his cat, or Tony, you just sanctioned it on behalf of? Well, when Tony Blair and I used to play wiffle ball when I was younger, but but he's not so young anymore. So so we just don't do it anymore. He grew out of it. He, yes. But you still stay in touch. Sometimes. He used Did, to, uh, cat used to cut the hair of the White House cat, whose name I've forgotten. Bargrill. Bargrill. I'm pretty sure that wasn't his name. No, Bargrill is the name of the White House cat. <laughs> the White House cat was called Socks under Bill Clinton. Yep. Good, good fact. True story. I, used to, I gave him a, a mullet. Well, Bargrill's the cat. No. Socks the cat. <laughs> Bill Clinton's cat. I gave that cat a mullet and a, and a goatee. You know what? I'm going gonna, gonna to stop this. I'm going to stop this right now because I got a really bad feeling that none of these stories have any point whatsoever. Um, what? But, uh, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Like, I want to move on to, like, um, that actually brings me nicely to... Nice to subject. meet you. <laughs> um, that brings us nicely to the subject of today's episode, which is another story, arguably without a point, um, which is The Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pynchon. Um, I... I've, I've got a soft, I've got a really real soft spot in my heart for this uh, book. You should get that looked at. I mean, there's <laughs> not that sort of soft spot. It's not that sort of soft spot. Um, but the baby's uh, head. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got a fontanelle in my heart. Um, no, the reason why is because I, I, I was a bit of a uh, Pynchon fan coming out of um, university, kind of obsessed with all his books. And Me, his, too. Uh, Me too. Me too. Sorry? Me too. You, me, hashtag me too. No, no, um, I'm also a fan. Okay. <laughs> what way are you a fan? I think he's great. Okay. As in the movement. His books are so good. No, no. Oh, okay. Thomas Pynchon. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. I'm getting confused here. I'm getting he's confused a good here. dancer. Mm. You know Thomas Pynchon? I know him. You met, you've met? I shaved his cap. <laughs> Did he ask you to? No. <laughs> so. I broke you- in the window. I thought. Oh, it gets awfully hairy. This is a very window-based business. <laughs> I could, it's the window to the house. The window <laughs> is the window to the house. 
It's, I've never really thought about it. As the saying goes, yes, yeah. whenever the, the window is the window to the house. Whenever the... Carry on. <laughs> what? 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 Me? Okay. You? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Let's 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 try and focus here. I want to focus on um, Thomas Pynchon. You might I know, know him. him. Yeah, I, you said that. You said that. What I don't think you know him, though. You just broke into his house. No, I know him. You? Did he press charges? No, he, he asked me to break into his house. Wait a second here. What's going on? What's going on with this relationship between you and Thomas Pynchon? Are you mistaking Thomas Pynchon for Tony Blair again? Yep, that's it. That's <laughs> all right, it. All right. I thought that was the case. I think that's it. Edward, Edward, I'm going to have to ask you to not talk for the next five minutes whilst I try to focus everybody on the, the, the matter at hand, which is, of course, The Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pynchon. Um, uh, this is a book that came out, I think, in 66. Of course, a little minor stir, and it, uh, I think it shocked a lot of people because he started off his career with V, uh, a big old book, and then people were wondering, how's he going to follow this 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 big book? Uh, and he just followed it up with a really small, tiny book. You could barely call a novel at all. 127 pages. It's true, you've captured 1966 perfectly. People were wandering the streets, mm-hmm. going, how's Thomas Pynchon going to follow up this big book? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it couldn't move. California, people were just strolling around, and they you know, released this little time. And These people just counting the pages and books. Many people say that's when the 60s died. Yeah, no, I, there was that whole episode in which, uh, in Mad Men, where Don Draper's just counting the pages of, like, I'm crying up. He said, Roger, get in here. How is he going to follow up this big book? Like, well, 127 they, pages. This will never. This will never fly. Pete Campbell does read this in Mad Men. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, uh, yeah. He mm-hmm. does actually. In read between. It. Pete Campbell's got an interesting arc because at the start he's very, very unlikable. I think he's the most unlikable character. I don't think he's that much more likable at the end. He becomes more likable. He's yeah. got a sense of awareness. He yes. he goes in the. Kind of he goes in the journey of redemption that Don fails to. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, because at the beginning he's kind of Don's bitch in a way. Mm. Like Don, like looks dead, but at the end, mm. I don't know. I forgot what happens at the end. Oh, he the gets, end he seems alright. He takes a good job with some. I gets on a plane with Trudy, and they fly off, presumably yeah. to have a happy life together. But then in the postscript, he did say he was drafted and died in Vietnam. All <laughs> right, yeah. that was a really weird postscript. Yeah. Just, <laughs> His only character who got one. Yeah. BT Dubs. Yeah. Pete Campbell dies in Vietnam on and the way there. Like literally <laughs> written in somebody's hastily scrawled like, <laughs> handwriting, kind of took me out of the uh, the finale. Trying to negotiate with the Vietcong. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want some uh, rifles? <laughs> Um, okay, so we all, this is a book that, despite its size, contains multitudes. I have one question to ask all of you after reading this book. How much more clever did you feel after reading this book? I felt big more clever. Yeah? Mm. Did, you, did you feel much more clever after reading this um, book? I think my cleverness stat was already maxed. So what? So like how, it was wasted. So what happens, what happens when a person who's got so, whose brain is filled with clever tries to insert more clever into his brain? It depends what system you're running. Um, when I did it, it all went into my decks instead. Okay. So my decks. Now, dick. Do you have decks? <laughs> no. What, no what's that? You De- got a boner. No, you're no, a- not my dexterity. Oh, okay. So you are using the uh, fifth edition rules. So your fingers your get a bit better. Yeah, I'm better mm. now at picking locks. You get good pink fingers. If I need to do any... any uh, Dexterity based. Dexterity. So wait, so when, like a so guy, when you were, 
reading the book, did you feel your fingers getting bigger? Yeah, okay. well, not bigger. Okay. Strong, more dexterous people don't have longer fingers. Yeah, that's well, your hands are like E.T. Yeah, they it's are quite large. fascinating. So you've kind of proven my point <laughs> there, really, yeah. haven't you? Like, well, when, uh, I, when I was doing it, I was doing kick-ups. I was reading the book doing kick-ups. Then when I finished, I was able to do the one where you put it between your feet and flick mm. over your head, mm. which I previously was not able to do. That's pretty useful. So wait, it also applies to your feet as well. Yeah, well, my feet. Because it's all... got toes and yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You... dexterity is not finger based. It's not just so fingers. It's toes and finger based. So what, was it distracting as you were reading um, the crying of Bot Forty Nine that like you could see your toes and fingers slowly elongating <laughs> each word that was trying to get into your brain and yeah, increase your clever, full. but your brain was like, "Now nah, we're full up, mate. Full Send up. it to the fingers and toes." <laughs> Um, we we got no more room for clever up here. Sure, like American Werewolf in London, but you'll just chill about it. Yeah, I have to wear sandals these days yeah. because otherwise my feet will burst through. So in, that's a good strategy. So in a sense, your your feet and your hands are filled with brain refugees that have been mm. turned away from your, uh, <gasps> your your clever center. You're all right there. Brain refugees. Brain refugees. Yeah. Why? You got a problem with refugees? Anyway. No. I like it. Okay, all right. You like the concept of refugees. I like the concept (laughs) of brain refugees. (laughs) What what is it that appeals to you about brain refugees? It it goes on your fingers and your fingers and you get get your nice fingers and you can hold a cat. Yeah, and and they're still contributing. They're still contributing to you being like like a person. I'm I'm pretty close to maxing out my decks next. So next is my STR. How strength. Yeah, strength. How big would your fingers and toes have to be become before they're fo- maxed out? Uh, five inches. That's pretty big, actually. Do you uh, relate to the Wet 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 song a lot more now? Because you've got more fingers and toes to feel it. He no. have, well, he doesn't have more. He's got the same amount. Well, there's still there's a lot more. I guess more right. fingers yeah. I guess it's more mass. I don't know if that's what like um Wet 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 we're talking about. Or is it that yeah, there's only a certain amount of feeling? That and because your fingers and toes have grown, they don't. It doesn't fill it up as much. So relatively, proportionally, it's less. You seem to know a lot about love and feelings, Edward. Uh, have you ever I, been in love? I've been in love with who? Many a time. Tony Blair. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lovable man. How did Sheree feel about that? Was this before Sheree? Oh, Sheree introduced us. Oh, okay. Sheree, Sheree met me at a at a ball gown shop. <laughs> Why were you there? To buy to buy ball gowns. For what ball? For the for the prince's ball. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was there shaving the king's cat. And the, the king's the, Wait, the king's cat. This is back in the day. Not the king of, of England. Yeah, the King of England. So King George V. King Georgie the Fifth, we used to call him. <laughs> it's because that was his name. <laughs> Georgie the Fifth, we used to say, Hey, Georgie, you want to get your cat shaved? And he'd go, and he'd, he'd turn around at me and look at me square in the eye, and he'd say, Yeah. <laughs> Are you um, so, Italian-American? And Cherie Blair was there, too. Yeah, I'm still Italian-American. And uh, So Cherie Blair was there when you... When was at George V's house. And said, meet Tony. Said, Do you want to play riffle ball with him? I remember the first time I laid eyes on him. He was wearing an African headdress. <laughs> so, um, Edward, Edward, sorry. Cause it's like, could you just like... 
sit over there for a second. Um, I over have a quick word with my compatriots over, over here. Okay. Over here? Yep, over there, over there. Okay. I don't... Where do I put my hands? Just put them over your mouth and your ears. Okay. Okay, all right. I don't think this man is in full possession of his faculties. But if he did know Tony Blair, we could get the I don't think scoops, he knows, well, the hot I, scoops in the Iraq war. Oh, damn, 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 damn. I, I think he I've doesn't this. know any of these people that he's talking about. I I've seen he... the King's Speech, and I think his character was played by Joe Pesci. I think <laughs> I think we're in the presence of a significant historical figure. I don't yeah. think he... It's weird they cut that from the film, having paid all that money to Joe Pesci. Well, he saw a lot, and it was <laughs> very much out of context. I don't he ad-libbed a lot of it. I don't think he he knows what's going on. I'm not sure if he knows what he's talking about. I'm afraid that he's, we may just confuse him more um, if we try to make him remember more stuff. Well, let's not ask him, let's ask him only about the present. Yes, let's only ask him about, keep him focused. Or the future. Yes, exactly. Focus on the present, okay? All right, Edward, you, you can come back now. You can come back now. Me? Yeah. yeah. What did you. you do while you were over there? I just, I was counting my fingers. How many of them have you got? I got all ten, baby! <laughs> Actually, Ed, I've been reading this book you told me to read yeah. bef- before you invited me around. Uh, I was a lovely say. card you sent me. Yes, it was beautiful. I, I did you find yourself getting? Was your brain like working better after reading this? Brian, book? your brain, your Ma- brain. Who's Brian? Brain, brain, y- y- your mind, your mind. Oh yeah. Did you find yourself getting cleverer after this book, Edward? Oh, I think yeah. you know the answer to that question. <laughs> oh, I'm I. I remember this book. I remember this book like it was yesterday. <laughs> I think it was yesterday. I, the book's called The Crying of Lot 49. That's right. That's right. And Very good. About Very the good. post. The postal service. It is. It is. I, I, it's, it's, again, that's, um, you, you've got to hand it to a book that decides that it's going to be about the mail. Um, because like, what's more highbrow than the mailing system? Um, I, I, I think it's, not the traditional subject for most books, uh, a male mystery, but um, that's how clever Thomas Pynchon is. Uh, also, in the sixties, the male would have been a bigger part of people's lives. It's mm. not. It's kind of we right. live in the future now. Yeah. Mm. Stamps.com. It's stamps.com. That's it's stamps.com. And postmates. People will write books by email these days. Well, it, well exactly. This uh, this book is very much a Stop time track. capsule in itself. Do you think that um? What with this book being so clever, though? Do you think this is the sort of book that, like, stupid people would get, though? Oh, no. Heavens, no. Mm. And and I say that to people as I was reading it. Okay. I'd see someone on the tube yeah. uh, and be like, you would not be able to comprehend the kind of literature I'm taking in right now. Which makes me superior, which is why you should give me your seat. You tell, you, you, you tell them that. Yeah, I would chastise you people You go up the to streets. them and you go, hey, you! Get! I'd tell get out of here! <laughs> That's what I do. You do that too! I you did it too. I said, hey, you! Get, get out of here. Okay. Then I tapped on the book and they did. They got out of there. Oh man, after my own heart. Oh, the thing you tapped on the book was that would have had no context otherwise. Like if you just said, oh no, hey, this, you, get this out is, of here. this is yeah. why. They're like, oh, Thomas Pynchon, uh, name recluse. Then they pulled the emergency He's handle a good and kid. pulled open the doors. He's a good kid. I'm a, I'm a boy. And, um, yeah, and that's You're how a good, I, boy. Yeah. <laughs> good boy. Yeah. Good boy. Yeah. Do you like what else Do you like pizza? <laughs> of course I like pizza I like pizza too What's your favourite topping on a pizza? Uh, dust <laughs> Dust pizza? You like a bit of DP? I like the dust they put on the pizza to make it just... Oh, like chilli dust 
Like, yeah. Garlic dust. Yeah. Okay. Not Where was you? Do you remember your first pizza? Oh, I remember my first pizza. Oh, oh, I remember my first pizza like it was yesterday. It was the summer of 1969. And I was there with like Jamie the Oliver. Adam, like the Brian Adams song. Jamie Oliver, Brian Adams, and Margaret Thatcher. We were all surfing at the... Wait, wait, stop, 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 wait, wait. I'm just going to stop you, like, um, there. Like, uh, right, this is all very interesting. I'm glad that you uh, have had such an interesting life. Uh, but, like, maybe, maybe we focus more upon, like, how we get stupid people to understand the genius of the crying of Lot 14. Yeah, it's Jamie Oliver. You asked Jamie yeah. Oliver. Okay. Well, right. he's illiterate. But he... Yeah, he only understands food. He likes... He makes a good crab rummelad. To get Jerry, <laughs> Jamie Oliver to read a book, you have to interpret the book via food. Okay, so, so you say that the key to getting people who aren't as clever as we are to understand the crime of God, you mm-hmm. know, is through the medium of food. Yes. Yeah, or so or, or would, an alternative medium. So I would yeah, make, you make them a humble pie. A humble ah, pie. okay. You can do that, you son of a bitch. Those are the kind of zingers you uh, pick up when you read and are familiar with the works of Thomas Pynchon. <laughs> okay, so like, but the, how, how is that? Other than shaming the um, people who are not gifted with smarts with the idea I know that you know no other emotion you don't know any other like way mm-hmm. of flashy so you're not here to teach you're here to shame yes mm. okay alright I get that um, returning to your tube based antics Nathan I've been reading the Goodreads list books that make you think which is the list of the books that make you think because um, most books don't these are wasted <laughs> uh, these are just books you might as well retitle this books to make my fingers and yeah, I'm yeah, already yeah. maxed uh, the top book to make you think is Blood River A Journey to Africa's Broken Heart did you ever meet anyone reading that because that's cleverer than this book. Is it? Uh, no, that book... Slap you down. That's actually um, a lie. Uh, this, this this list is factually incorrect. The second one is 1984. Oh, we've got you there. It's a clever book. It's a clever book. It's a really clever book. You can know it's clever because it's got numbers in it. Come yeah. On. You got... Yeah, but it's 2018. Yeah, it's true. It's that's true. in the past. It's a past book. It that is, is a past, past book. book. But I, I stand by my rule. Um, the it's got qualities. That's in there. There's two books about Africa in here. Tim Butcher's got two books in this books that make you think. List. Wait, who wrote this list? Who's Tim Butcher? Uh, the, the list has been written by I don't know Goodreads. Nah, this is this is rubbish. I think it would just yeah. be um, Thomas Pynchon's bibliography. Yeah, it should just be, but he's going to get in the top ten. See if he gets in the top twenty. What, this riveting bit. Of I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with any with these sorts of lists because there's so the many. Tale, one, that's a TV show, so the books, the, the list yeah. is. Wait for God, as a play. It's not mm-hmm. even a this book. list is. I debunk it. I yeah. officially debunk this I, list. I, I, I would say that, like, yeah, this is not. Um, I think Goodreads should hang their head in shame for perpetuating such a false list. What's well, maybe I misinterpreted the list. It's just books that make you think. Of maybe why, it's a book that makes you think that they're bad. Yeah, or not or a list of books that make you think. Why isn't Thomas Pynchon on this list. Yeah, what yeah. about the best of Sudoku 2018? <laughs> the best of Sudoku. The best of Sudoku. Well, it'd be premature to release it now. Well, no, they are, they they decided we've already done as good as we're going to do. There's no point carrying on. And then people got to think because you put a one in one place and then you go over and you go down and you put a two and then you need to move the two later. You got to think, you see. <laughs> 
What makes a Sudoku a good Sudoku? To Where be do you... the best of Sudoku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like why is it a best of compilation? I thought like... What makes, what makes, yeah, what makes a particular Sudoku puzzle better and than another like, Sudoku? What do you look for in the ideal Sudoku puzzle? Oh, the, oh, the best thing you gotta look at is how many eights there are. If it's got the eights, it's got the greats. That's what we always say <laughs> back down at the pizza place. Surely <laughs> every Sudoku has got the exact, it's got eight, nine eights. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. But, <laughs> but what do you see? I, I, huh? I, would, I would like to um, um, just note that for a cat barber, you spend a lot of time eating pizza dust and doing Sudoku. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it, it, seems to be it doesn't always work out the way you want it to work out, many of these things. You find that your life has become more preoccupied with Sudoku and pizza dust. Sudoku, pizza dust. Because from what I can gather, pizza dust and Sudoku, you seem to go like enjoy these things and it seems quite legit. Whereas the cat, Barbary is stuff that you have to break into houses to don't, do. Don't get me wrong. I'm getting off the ground still. Me. You're me. getting off the ground? I'm How getting it off this? the ground. Getting the business off but the ground. But you've been shaving cats since the days of King George V. How have you still not got <laughs> off the ground? It's a slow moving train. Okay, okay. You gotta, when you get on a train, you gotta run. You gotta, you gotta hop along, run, skip, jump. Throw your bundle of sticks up on the bunch, and then you jump in the cart, and there's a hobo in there. <laughs> None of those things you mentioned involve shaving cats. So <laughs> maybe that's your it's problem. It's a metaphor, you goddamn bungalow. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I, 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 look, point taken, point taken. I, I didn't mean to have a go at your your, your whole business. But imagine you are acting like a real fucking bungalow. You're right totally now. gonna you're gonna look at this book, Tom a Pigeon. You know? Yes. Okay. Let's... Why is it forty nine? Is it because it's seven squared? Seven yeah, squared. Seven squared is 49. There's two sevens. They could go in a Sudoku. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to put it in a Sudoku, you could do it. Huh? Well, if you, there's no choice of what you want to put in a Sudoku. If you like, you can. You could put a six they're, they're in. They're identical. You could put time. a six. Another, you could put nine sixes. The solution to a Sudoku <laughs> is always the same. There's no, like, oh, what's the solution to today's Sudoku? Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all in different orders. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean. I thought you, I thought you said, like, every Sudoku is the same. It's a big like, what like, everyone yeah. is different. No wonder you didn't have, uh, no wonder you didn't have Best of Sudoku 2018 in your thing. Because you're not thinking when you're looking at this. You're just filling it in. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's wrong. You know, at some point, they are going to run out of, like, Sudoku combinations yeah but who's gonna be like no this one's already been done (laughs) I'm gonna call the head of the guardian (laughs) you don't know there might be that that guy might exist if you are so familiar with Sudoku's Mm. you can recognise when they're doubling up Mm. your time on earth is done (laughs) well this is what I think I think my like um, my idea for a character I was was gonna do a movie about like um, uh, a person who's immortal functionally immortal and you realise how truly empty his existence is and how sad it is to be able to live forever when he completes all the Sudoku puzzles that have ever been made and ever will be made that will ignite an uh, existential crisis exactly my favourite Sudoku was in Empire Magazine uh, probably 2006 and it was called Count Dooku's Sudoku <laughs> and what they had imagined is what it would be like if um, Sith Lord Count Dooku uh, liked Sudoku's <laughs> it was fascinating is that, is that a real thing? that's that a, a real feature thing? Count that's... Dooku's Sudoku <laughs> That's canon. That's part of the, that's part of the stuff. Well, not anymore, is it? Not anymore. 
Sure. I've not erased that. That's, that's expanded universe. Sure. No, it's canon. Okay. It's in it. All right. So if you look um, in uh, the Last Jedi, you can see Ray doing one of Count Dooku's Sudoku's. Oh my goodness! Luke gets real pissed about it <laughs> and uses uh, a racial epithet. It was cut. <laughs> Okay. That's the the fanboys, the alright fanboys actually loved that scene. That's the one that was their favourite scene. It's like the new edit of The Last Jedi is just that scene. <laughs> a totally different like film. And it's, it changed her character journey. This is my version of The Last Jedi, the new edit. It's a cut scene from uh, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> it loops for 90 minutes. A lot of uh, true Star Wars fans claim that uh, Count Dooku would prefer word searches. Mm. All those little wheels. You know the wheel ones? Yeah. Mm. And that. And they said that Rian Jackson... Uh, Rian Johnson, I mean, uh, only put Sudokus in because they rhyme and they hated it. Well, he was the only Sith Lord with leisure time yeah, who had like time true. to read the papers and do word searches. And, hands. Mm, mm. I my favourite Sudoku was uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan's <laughs> uh, uh, when he made the time he made pasta. When it was uh, Ronnie, o, Ronnie O'Sullivan's uh, and Sue, Sue, the lady that does the tennis. Sue Barker. Sue Barker. And they did pseudo <laughs> That was my best one. It was no, a rest of the dough in there. Because they're pasta. making pasta. They're making pasta <laughs> dough. Pasta. They're making fresh pasta. Not pizza. <laughs> You're sweating profusely, Edward. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I just... Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. so you were there for when they were mapping out the Sudoku? Yeah, the yeah. Okay. So it was Sue was making a she had a pasta shop, and there was a long line for the pasta shop. No, was it, was that, that Sue's no it was Ronnie O'Sullivan was was at a snooker queue. <laughs> All right, and he's fucking Sue's dough. So uh, Sue dough Wait, 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 wait. Someone was warning her so, about the about the, the man poking the toe with a cue. I was! I wonder! So wait, sorry, sorry, so Ronnie O'Sullivan was just saying, Sue, do, cue, and, and then he said, like, yeah, that's what we should call it. <laughs> this, this, this pasta, this poked pasta, we somehow formed the shape of a grid of numbers. <laughs> it blew dots all over it. Oh, because he'd been chalking it up. Oh yeah, well you gotta chalk up. You gotta chalk up, Danny. Sounds Danny, like you know when you when you're shaving cats, you gotta chalk up your fingers so well, they don't yeah. slip out of your hands. I, I remember like um, yeah, because my mum, my mum is um, a long time purchaser of the uh, the Daily Mail. So I, I'm the first time. Fantastic had, book. We had the first uh, Sudoku uh, puzzle in. Uh, the Daily Mail. I remember turning to the page and it was just a lump of dough that put with a <laughs> Did it have blue, blue dots on it? And my mum was like, this will never catch on. This did it have blue dots on. on it though? It did have blue dots on it. It was, I was pseudo cute. <laughs> we, we didn't understand how it worked, but they refined it. They refined it. So, um, I think the answer to But there was also the other one that we like, the, the other Sudoku, which was, uh, one that was, uh, a line of people, sort of. A, like a pseudo cue. <laughs> <laughs> that was also a very good one. You proud of that, Edward? <laughs> uh, not so much. Not so much. Me? Uh, I th- okay, so like. In- uh, also, there was a bit where the guy from Madness. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprised. Sugs. Sugs. Surprised by okay. uh, the technician specialist from Bond. Okay. Alright. Suds so, O Q. That's. 
really pushing it now, I think. Like, uh, but there's enough there to be a lawsuit, possibly, for yeah. like uh, the similarities. Because like his name's not Sue, it's Suggs. Suggs Doe Q. <laughs> well, there's also the moment when um, Homer Simpson was going to have a legal dispute with the James Bond character, and he said, "I'm going to sue Doe Q." That's a, that's he got annoyed in the middle yeah. of the sentence. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my favourite episode Desmond, of Simpsons. Desmond Llewellyn does appear in a lot of these anecdotes for uh, Sue Doe Q. Uh, nobody ever calls him Desmond; they just call him Q in these stories as well. Um, Sad life, uh, he sad hates life. it. He can't stand it. Didn't like it. I'm being like sorry to have we're missing him dearly. Um, yeah, he's so, dead. <laughs> so, in answer to the question, how do you explain this book to all the idiots out there trying to wrap their tiny minds around this book? I think we talk about that. Star Wars and Sudoku. <laughs> so, hope, hopefully, people are on the level now and they understand what we're trying to go for with this book. Um, if you're not, send a letter in. Yeah, write to us at faking at gmail.com. Yeah. We don't need the post. We don't need the post. We don't do that anymore. If you do want to write a letter, I mean, you can, but I'm not giving out my address on the podcast. Uh, Everyone who listens to this podcast already knows where you live, Jim. Yeah, because (laughs) it's very true. Because they're all in this room right now. (laughs) They're all in this room. Um, All right. So as we all know, Crying Vault 49 involves a massive conspiracy. Or does it? Do you think that the conspiracy that Oedipa, Oedipa Moss, is trying to track down is a real thing? Um, or is it just a hoax, uh, perpetuated by, uh, Pierce in Verarity as a sort of like weird kind of beyond the grave immortality? He just wants to exist as an idea. Um, or is Oedipa going mad? Let's go around. I want to hear your opinions on the, uh, uh, conspiracy of crying up 49. I think all of those things you said are true. I think everyone is going mad. Yeah, everyone's going Everyone mad. in the book goes mad. Our husband Me? loses our mind. <laughs> no, no, no. no you're strictly sane. You're, I mean, you're unsane. But it's like... Um, Str- strictly sane is my favourite BBC reality TV <laughs> program, by the way. So, uh, when we watch like, Bruce Forsyth like, fight off dimension. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually succumb to it and die. Yes. It was, was a yeah. chilling finale. I thought it was a bit harsh, people rating his sanity in the future episode. But there we go. Um, Bruno go. Oh. I thought you were very serious this episode. I thought you were very good at remembering all of the stuff. The next week, I'd like you to see you remember your daughter's name. It's, it's, it's the Godfather. He's come back over here. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, Mr. Godfather, Mr. Sir? No, 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 no. Sorry. Hello. Edward, we, that was just I'm, a funny voice. I'm writing you a letter. Okay. What? Well, Edward, what did you think? Did you think what? What theory do you uh, subscribe to? I think that uh, I like the bit when Edipa went on the when uh went on the went on the on the date. And she went on a date. Yes, okay. Yeah. She saw the guy and she goes, hey, yeah, how are you doing? Uh, is Let's go. What about, what about, what about me? What about you? And he turns around and he says to her, he takes one look down the middle of her eye and she goes, what? Me? And he goes, yep. And they lived happily ever after. I don't really answer the question. Though. did not come even close to answering the question I asked. What? <laughs> what did you think? Asking me again. Did you think that is the conspiracy theory in the Crime oh, of yeah. 49 is real? Oh, it's all it? fake news. It's all fake news. I read it on the TV books. Oh, actually, you know what? I, this is Edward raises a really good point. Um, he does? He does, actually. Uh, something, you know, stock clock can be right at least twice a day. Um, but 
This book is all about the accumulation of clues and details. Some of it might be real, some of it might not be real. Um, to Edipa, it's all information which she has to sort through. Um, I think in many ways, Crying Lot 49, and a lot of um, Pynchon and postmodern literature, speaks to the times that we live in today, where we're kind of just awash in information, which we can't even be sure if it's real or not. It's too much information. Exactly. It's That's like, exactly it. It's like, uh, like one time when I went over to my cousin's bath, Shop and his, his bath shop. His bath shop. It's called his what, Bumblebee's Baths. Come get a bee on your knee. It's, it's a bath shop. Just selling baths. In it's in the British town of Bath. Sorry, Bumblebee's Baths. Come get a bee on your knee. <laughs> That's the name of the business. What, is that, what does that even mean? Bumblebee. <laughs> right. It just sells baths. Does it sell sinks in the bathroom? No, no. Or does it sell baby bees? He sells a bee. You can get it on your knee, if you know what I mean. None of us do. <laughs> no, no, we really don't. This, yeah. this is, uh, <laughs> is it a brothel? <laughs> it's a bath shop. You go in, you have a bath, and you get out. That's all it is. Oh, it's a bath house. Oh, it's like you a can, room and bath. You can buy a bath. No, it's like a single one-person bath. He's got it. It's in the middle of Bath, the town of Bath. Does he also work from home? You go to your cousin's house. He's in his house. You go into his bathroom. You go, in bath. his, you go into his how bathroom. Much, how much do you have to pay? You pay a hundred dollars. That's quite a lot of money. Ugandan, US dollars. He only takes... Ugandan dollars. Yeah. Ugandan dollars. It's much better money. This is all depressing. I remember when I was 12 years old, I used to eat bumblebees out of the trees. I'm on my knees, if you know what I mean. This is way too reminiscent of the final episode of Strictly Safe. <laughs> but um, thank you for your uh, contribution, Edward. I'm um, vegetarian. Oh, I'm not eat bumblebees anymore. Nope. I'm, I can't. I don't eat bee products anymore. I'm <laughs> vegan, baby. Is oh, that why you have dust on your pizza? I can't, yep, I don't is have... It's vegan dust. <laughs> What? <laughs> Me? What? All right, all right. Um, Edward, Edward, like, um, calm yourself, calm yourself. <gasps> getting very, very overexcited. I, nobody looked at me for this long. I don't, I don't know what to do. Nobody's looked at you for this... We've not looked at you for very long. You keep the glass and all right. I don't break eye contact yeah. with you. No! I don't like looking at people in general, so... I've been my eyes. Yeah, same here. Honestly, I've just been staring at my face. Is it because my nose sad. is big? It's because I got... You like, have a very big nose. got a big nose, yeah. Is that where your knowledge goes? I got it all on my nose. I, you say all your stats go up in decks and strur. Mine is Olf. O-L-F for olfactory. I got out of my olfactory stats. Into, uh, are you a beat poet? <laughs> oh, I've been known to dabble. <laughs> I shave cats too. Don't forget about that. That's the main bit about me. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you actually do beat poetry? Uh, I do. Yeah, sure. Wait, you want me to give a dibble? Wait, wait, hold on a second. I can, I can probably like give you like a... Yeah, I mean, like, let me um give you something. Lay down a funky bass line so you can do some... Uh, Beat poetry over the Should top. We do some clapping. Can it be the baseline from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Hold on a second. What's your favourite chili song? People. Come down to Bumblebee's Baths. We will do the math. Hey, it's all gonna crash. Smash, splash, 
It's a bumblebee on your knee. If you know. Do you see what I see? A bumblebee. That was pretty good, yeah. Um, yeah. Define good, but um, <laughs> good. It was, it's more of a jingle uh, no. than a poem. <laughs> yeah, it was a jingle because I think that's what bee poetry really was about. Capitalism. <laughs> that's what I was doing. I was doing bee poetry. I was doing bee poetry. <laughs> Me. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's um focus back on the book. Um, I I feel that like we may have um cooked his brain somehow. Um, wait up! Wait up! <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um. So we, we we haven't come in closer to figure out whether this book is filled with stuff that's actually happening or whether it's it's all in the head of uh, Edith Mus. Um, do you think that's kind of the point of this book? Yeah, it's about um, the uh, paranoia enveloping sixties mm. California mm. and a housewife who is uh, sort of find herself as being associated with the fifties, perhaps like button down picket fence, becoming distraught. And also, I think like all of his books uh, explore. The nature between coincidence and conspiracy. Mm, that's very is true. everything linked or is it all just chaos? So, um, to what extent do you feel that, like, uh, these encounters that she has with various, uh, weird characters, such as Dr. Hilarious, the, uh, therapist who is then revealed to have been a, uh, intern at Buchenwald, uh, concentration camp where he had been hired to induce insanity amongst Jewish people. Oh because, my God, um, that's horrible. There was apparently a, a liberal element of the SS who just thought it was actually more humane to make Jewish people insane rather than just uh, uh, commit genocide. Don't know if that actually would work out in any way. Um, that's um, realistic, but we don't know whether that's true or whether Doctor Hilarious is also mm. insane himself mm. and making it all up. We don't know. Mm. There's no way to know. Um, I, I, the thing I, I guess the biggest problem I have, um, and why coming back to Pynchon, um, in this sort of post fake news world, uh, is that. It's all very entertaining to read this book, but what I want now is not to read about crazy shit happening. I want to know of a way to deal with the crazy shit that's happening mm. constantly every day now. And I don't think Pynchon really gives us many tips on actually how, how do you deal with this sort of stuff, you know? This no, woman can't, like literally either Pamas is given a really simple job, like literally her ex-boyfriend's dead, you're the exec- ex- uh, executor of his estate, deal with these stamps, and she can't even sort that yeah. out. She just goes off in some massive boondoggle trying to hunt down, like, um, this, uncover a conspiracy. So maybe that's his point, that to deal with the craziness of the world, you need to go down into a boondoggle. Or just go mad. Yeah. So just let go of the balloons and just be insane. That doesn't... Well, how would you ever get anything done? Like, well, oh, right. I need you to make your bed. Well, I'm going to go crazy instead. What's so right. good about getting things done? Well, I guess I've been I getting really things done that way. all day and I've achieved nothing so far. Okay, but what does going mad achieve? Uh, freedom. Yeah, freedom. From the shackles of reality. Sanity. What would you have done with that freedom, freedom. What would you have done with that freedom, though? Um, You've gone mad. Okay, hypothetical situation, right? Yeah. You could have come down here. You had to come down here, discuss this book with me. Yeah, I But you, 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 what if you didn't? So no, let's no. say a sliding door situation. Alternate yeah. universe down. So they decided than, to go mad. Instead. So rather than missing a train, I've You've missed a mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what I, would you think would be the first order of business for Mad Dan? Oh, Mad Dan! I would. I know that so guy. First of all, he, so first of all, he'd have that <laughs> accent. <laughs> I'd have that accent if yeah. I was mad. I probably would have gone to uh, the British Museum mm-hmm. 
and smashed all the clocks. That's pretty mad. Because they're keeping the time too well. <laughs> that's the that's the madness. That's the form your madness has taken. Yeah, I'm just become like the Joker, like an agent of chaos. Yeah, I just try and smash all the clocks. Because the problem with clocks and time is that if you're mad, you should exist without the cons- the the set constructs and set parameters of the day, and time codifies the way that we live too much. Mm. And I think if I was mad, I would want the world to be uncodified. Do you reckon Batman ever gets bored of fighting people who are mentally ill? Wouldn't it no, be just, he like, hates them. He fu- he fucking hates people with uh, different learning abilities. And so that's why he built his uh, big suit to batter them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He, when you think about it, it's just literally a millionaire um, using his money mm. to beat the shit out. There's an early there. Batman comic where he goes to see My Left Foot and spits on the head of the person in front of him and he just storms out. By the way, we, yeah. we, I want to say that we need to make a uh, distinction between mentally ill and mentally handicapped because... Well, Batman... No, we, we all know. I'm just talking about Batman. It's not like... But it, it's, it's did not you like, think Batman ever cared about that? He didn't. Batman's getting into his car and then sort of like beating up an autistic person. Mate, the <laughs> reason they stopped comments me. on IMDb is because Batman kept going on I Am Sam and just rinsing Sean Penn. He was Batman living. was watching. And he signed it, Batman. Yeah. Batman was well, watching uh, Rain Man and getting so angry at oh, He said, Rain Man, Batman! <laughs> he was livid. He stood up in what full bat suit. Rain Man sounds like a villain to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. I'm coming for you, Rain Man. <laughs> Originally, his name was Battering the Mentally Ill Man, but then they shortened it just to Batman. <laughs> Battering the Mentally Ill. When the Mentally Ill, Ill struggled with it, because uh, they had loads of, just can't remember that bigger name, Battering the Mentally Ill Man. When he so, wa- <laughs> but weirdly, he loves Lars von Trier as the idiots. He thinks that's a really challenging piece of work. He loves yeah. Lars von Trier. He loves Dogma 95. If we go back to the origins of Batman, when um, his parents went down Crime Alley, were shot by a criminal, and Batman stood over his parents' bodies as a, I shall dedicate my life. Mm. Battering. He actually, Ill. what's not covered is he did go back in after intermission mm. and finish the rest of the play. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I got paid the, the ticket. And the film they were watching, Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a double bill, it was Rain Man and Lars von Trier's. The idiots. It was a very strange double bill. <laughs> But the works of Barry Levinson and Lars von Trier do very much complement each other. Oh, Lars von Trier. I know the Rain Man version was a play. It was a play version of Rain Man. It was a musical. Yeah. I, also, I, I, I also saw One, a two, three, four, five, six chopsticks. It's wonderful. It was a wonderful musical. I question, I question the, uh, the positioning of the idiots before Rain Man. As like a palette warmer. Yeah, exactly. After watching the idiots. Like, Ooh, I sell that Rain Man now. Also, it was a choice for the Wayne family to say, Bruce, we're going to take our 10-year-old son to watch Lars von Trier's notoriously controversial the But idiots. also, we're going to leave halfway through to go down Crime Alley. No, it's because he, he got scared. Because he got scared. a little bitch and got scared because that boner comes up on the screen. He's like, I need to get some hair. And it's like, he's learning, he's being subjected to sexuality. And that's when he decided, I will... Avengement people for the rest of my day. After I've watched Rain Man. Yeah. <laughs> After then, Rain Man. I'm going to go back in. And it's like the performance was good. I will give it to Dustin Hoffman, but fuck. If, that, if I see a mentally handicapped person for the rest of my life, I'm going to bat them. Joker, he was seriously ill. I'm going to break him outside of Arkham Asylum just to bang him out. Um, I, uh, Hello? I got a post there for you. Whoa. Can you. Uh, there you go. That person in. Are you Jonathan um, D. 
Yes, I am. Here's got a letter for you. Here you go. Kaka bye. Who was there? I think he was from the Tristero Postal <gasps> Service. I saw it on his... He was wearing that music trumpet on his forehead. He, he was holding a trumpet too. I don't know why he needed that. He didn't that. play it. He didn't play it. That's strange. Well, it was he kept putting it to his lips as if he was going to. Never did. In between every word. He was edging with the what? trumpet. Oh. Okay, I'm just opening up this um, envelope now. It's a letter. Oh no! Yeah. Are you surprised? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I was not expecting this. It says... Dear Chin, uh, don't read this out loud, but do. I'm a Christian. Don't tell Dan. I'm mad. Please help me. I need to get out of these mental shackles. I'm a bumblebee? Ooh, Chaka Trivial. I am not. I think that says Chaka. I'm not sure what this is. Uh, speed for me. You are gay. Hitler. Noob. Peace sign. Piss and glove. Well, they didn't leave a name, so I'm not sure who that was. Um, it's nice. What, it's nice that it it's gone to physical what, mail again. Yeah. What, you know what, what, what you know can what? it mean? Who, who said that? Who could have said that? It wasn't me. I'll, I'll say one thing that I'm kind of, I, I kind of get where Bruce Wayne's coming from yeah. now. Like, um, kind of feel the urge to batter rising within me. Um, Have you ever met Batman? Oh, I know Batman, yeah. <laughs> he did some bad ideas though, that guy. Did he harm you? No, one time he tried to get me to eat a whole cockroach. <laughs> oh, what? Not a half a... I'd rather eat a whole cockroach than half a cockroach. It's true, it's true. Uh, <laughs> How old... Are you confused where, where you with Ant and Deck? Perhaps. <laughs> Anthony! Anthony and Declan! I remember those two just like it was yesterday. Isn't that a conflict of interest? A man called Ant feeding you a cockroach? Mm. What do you think, Ant's. Uh, he's an actual ant. ant. No, I thought he was an actual <laughs> ant. He's a literal ant. And, What's the conflict and a, and of a man, interest? And a man called Deck, um, who is just a series of Magic the Gathering cards. We, uh, we used to play Ant or Deck, where you'd have to eat an ant. Or a deck of Magic the Gathering. Or a deck. No, a, a chip a of, of wood that came off a, of a, oh, okay. a wooden terrace of sorts. I'd, I'd choose the ant. Okay. Yeah, yeah same here. Every it time. Very, very, very easy. Very but the ant is the size of a bumblebee. <laughs> That's the normal size of an ant. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm beginning to suspect that uh, Edward here, if that is in fact his real name, is not like all there. Um, what? There's been very little mention of his cat shaving business. He seems to... I don't even think he shaves cats. I think business is a loose term. Well, if he does shave cats, I don't think it's a business. Yeah, exactly. It's not a business. I don't think he's getting paid to do it. Um, it's a passion project. I think this letter really is... It, it's definitely so, from him. It, it's def it definitely seems no, like a window into... No, it's uh, not... Your hands are covered in ink. It's not for me! It's not for me, you bubble. Yeah, it looks like you've blacked up your hands. <laughs> so covered in ink. Oh, why? Edward, Edward. Edward, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I, no I, one's I, asking how old I am. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> how old are you? Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Nothing matters anymore. I'm going to eat. Eat, I'm gonna eat something. What are you gonna eat? I don't know. Probably uh, a juicy raspberry. Oh, that's quite nice. That's, you sound really fake. And this really it seemed like you were yeah, about to end it all. Like, I'm allergic to raspberries, you see? Oh, <laughs> Deathly allergic. It's not a good idea for me to do this. I'm gonna do it. 
It's amazing none of us even attempted to stop it. <laughs> no, I think we just assisted a suicide. <laughs> it, wouldn't oh! the, it wouldn't be the first time this podcast has done that. Don't tell them I'm not allergic to raspberries. I'm allergic to bumblebees, if you know what I mean. Driving to suicide is almost the same as assisting yeah. a suicide, right? It's, it's, it's fine. Hey, guys, um, I think that was a Tristero man. Which one? The one that gave in the walls. Okay, okay. Right, uh, what, um, I think I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, should we wrap this up? I want to ask one final question before we go. Um, a lot of t- the work of Thomas Pynchon is um, is con- concerned with displacement activity. Characters kind of searching uh, f- uh, for something involved in the fruitless pursuit uh, for some MacGuffin, which is actually standing in for a deeper-seated absence within themselves. So what do you think Oedipa is really looking for? in The Crying of Lot 49. Uh, I don't think she or Thomas Pynchon knows. I feel Thomas Pynchon rewrote The Crying of Lot 49 with Inherent Vice, where he kind of returned to California, like 60s, 70s California, and gave the protagonist an answer. Okay. Like, you don't know what to look for. If you don't know how to make sense of everything, then just think about what makes what's important to you. Right. right. What's your own private cause? Okay. Sounds like a Vice documentary. Yeah, because hipsters love it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I reckon like um, if this book was made today, there would be literally a whole segment about how Edipa is filming everything and uploading mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and doing her own bit of investigative journalism to something. Mm-hmm. But in search of what? Who knows? Who knows? Or remembering things that happened at university. Mm, maybe most advice these days. I think maybe that's the point. Like uh, with all these sorts of advice documentaries and a lot of like investigative journalism, it's not about necessarily the uh, the subject matter or what they're looking for. The search itself is the thing that's people are mostly concerned with. Uh, everything else is incidental to the way it's presented to you. With somebody just constantly talking to a camera mm. and just. It's just the act of documenting something. Yeah. That's all that counts. No, I like. It. I think more documentarians should uh, follow Vice's leads and see what happens when you take Ket or Xanax. I think that's a really that's yeah. a good idea. All it's public service. All Louis Theroux should do a couple of gurners and then get on with it. Take, uh, take Louis his cues from. I remember that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he was yesterday. <laughs> like he was yesterday. Yeah. How did you meet Louis Theroux? I met him on the top of a train. <laughs> <laughs> He was doing a documentary on the tops of trains. <laughs> he, like, he said, Do you remember it just like it was yesterday? He goes, What does it look like on top of here? I'm English. Um, hello. And then he disappeared into a puff of smoke, and Darren Brown came out from behind the window and said, Oh! What window is this? Why are you humouring him? I'm pretty sure none of this happened. None of this happened. I don't know why we're humouring this anymore. Like, um, look, let's just keep him like in a holding pattern of, uh, of of now and try not to rile him up too much. Um, I think you're talking about search. I think what's interesting about it is the object for her is not an object. The object is the search itself. Hmm. And it's for Thomas Pynchon writing the book as a distraction for the marital problems he was having at the time of his wife. He uh, seems to know a lot about his marital yeah, problems. Problem with wife Penny Pynchon. Uh, who was his wife? Okay, <laughs> that, was, that was the joke I wrote. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, Penny pinching. I was, I was hoping like if you wouldn't talk more about his son, like Monty Pinching. Monty Pinching, yeah, absurdist yeah. comedian Monty Pinching. Doesn't quite work. No, it sounds good. It's Penny Pinching, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think is excellent. No, no I, I think it's 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 a book about searching, isn't it? It's a book yeah. about the, how people are, love to search. Why do people like true crime so much? They don't care about the uh, the ending of the true crime. They care about the journey along the way. 
I, 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 I mean, I think you. I, I kind of agree with you. I'm not necessarily thinking about the search itself. I think like um, it's the mystery she's trying to. I, I honestly think a lot of Pynchon's books are essentially about. Uh, the displacement activities like we're looking for a rocket we're looking for uh, a rare stamp we're looking for a mysterious person we're looking for a way through the middle of America actually all those things are just uh, are just forms of displacement activity to imbue a life which is possibly meaningless mm-hmm. with a brief moment of meaning like which is worse do you think for a person who's paranoid if every if all the conspiracies you believe in are true or if none of them are true and the world is actually rudderless and doesn't mean anything. Which is worse? Well, there's, um, to, to quote Thomas Pynchon, in V there's that amazing quote that says, there's uh, more chaos to life than a man can truly understand and stay sane. That's very mm. good. I think that's, a, I think that's a good note to sort of like uh, end our uh, discussion on. Um, no answers. No answers. No we answers. are no closer to finding... At solving the riddle, this fifty-year-old uh, riddle of uh, of the crime of Lot Forty-Nine. Um, I guess I'm going to go round the table now and just ask for your final thoughts on this book. What do you think of this book, Dan? I enjoyed it. I thought it was the best book that I've read. You, and but like, and it definitely added to your the length of your fingers and toes. It did. My fingers and toes are so long. This might be a problem because we do actually meet, make you read a lot of clever books. Well, that's why this. my int stat is so high. What's going to happen, Dan, when we? Maxed nice. everything out. Um, Are you going to explode? I, I'll just take various feats. Feats? Yeah. As in you're going to graft people's feet onto your yeah, feet? Yeah, I'll take a lot of feats. And they'll <laughs> grow, and when you max them yeah. out, you're just going to have loads of feet. Yeah. Which is attached to your own feet with long toes. You get to put me like you're emulate the elephant man, the previously he was the most well-read man, man in our Victorian England. He was. And so you get to put you can't sleep lying down. Yes. Exactly. And the elephant man was very smug about how well read he was. Oh, mate, he was always quoting Chelsea. But He's such a dickhead. He made that, that uh, movie like, about himself. He's 12 years old. He's um, like, oh, fuck off. Actually. <laughs> and then Batman would come in and kick the shit out of him. <laughs> Well, that's not fair because he wasn't mentally ill, was he? Batman was. Batman just branching out to all the same people. He wasn't mentally healthy. Well, the thing about Batman is he doesn't like when other people do something man as well. Yeah. He tries to kill them all like Superman. He's like, I'm not having that shit. And he goes and tries to kill Superman. It's true, actually. He lets Green Lantern go. Get out of that wheelchair! (laughs) Do you bleed? (laughs) Who did he ask that to? Do you bleed? He says to him, hemophiliacs. Give <laughs> they do bleed, hemophiliacs. That's the problem. <laughs> That's why I hate them. Oh, man. He's I'm... rubbing it in. <laughs> he said, do you bleed? I don't. But then there was that whole storyline about Batman um, being like having his back broken by Bane. So he actually had, wanted to beat himself up for being disabled for a while. Yeah, well, he did mentally. He really yeah. went into a dark spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'm no better than the people that I've been beating up yeah. for all and these years. For a moment, he learned humility, but then he forgot yeah. that immediately. What about like if Batman was like locked in the logical paradox where he says, like, Batman, you hate insane people. I put it to you, Batman, that dressing up as a bat, bat, bat to beat up the mentally ill is a manifestation of mental illness. Therefore, you must beat yourself up. Mm, he didn't even mean to dress up as a bat. He meant to dress up as Spike Heads, Spike Head Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Little spikes in his head. His original plan was just to ram them with the top of his head. 
That's what he was going to do. Like Pinhead from the Horizon franchise. That was the original design. Wait, his logo is like a kind of a facsimile of a bat. Should have written two spikes, and maybe you should have written Spike Headman on his logo. It's a. It's more of a spiky. Spiky trowel. I guess like the fact that everybody thinks he looks like a bat just feeds his own. Brain. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Eventually, it's like, fine, I am a bat. Right. Uh, but I, I still put it to you that like dressing up as Spiky Headman is, and beating up the mentally ill is a manifestation of mental illness. Yes, it is. You'd, have mm. to, you'd have to spike yourself. It's an obsession. Well, that's why him and the Joker have such a great relationship because they are mirrors of each other. You know, they do, do have so much in common. Yeah, well, except the Batman's alive. <laughs> And the Joker is like the uh, opposite to a bat is a clown. Yeah. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everyone knows that the opposite to a bat is a clown. Also, wouldn't you go if like, you looked in the mirror and your face was all white and green hair and like, the big lips? You say, something wrong with this mirror. I don't remember pointing you that. It's a rough night last night. Um, and also, as everybody knows, bats have, um, are obsessed beating up the mentally ill. Yeah. Um, they f- their natural enemy is the clown <laughs> and the penguin and people with two faces. <laughs> um, yeah, it all scans. It all makes a lot of sense. Uh, Batman. They live um, in caves as well. They live in caves as well. Well, um, so do clowns. Yeah. And, and also, they have lots of money. They have lots of money. Uh, mm. I feel we've gotten off track with um, the, the <laughs> Crime Book 49 here. Uh, Nathan, what did you think of this, uh, of this book? Uh, this book made me real smart, big boy. And, um, oh, say that again. <laughs> the book made me real smart, big boy. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I like this because when I read it on the train, I think it uh, creates an illusion of superiority. Mm, mm. Well, I say illusion because it's not really an illusion if it's correct. So, um, yeah, it just it lets other people know how, how brilliant I am. Some people would say, though, that these are not safe times for smart people to live in. Um, for the dumb people out there. For the you dumb get people. chicks. Mm. You get many chicks. Oh, yeah, when I read it on my motorbike. You get, you get, you're driving down the... Train on your motorbike, reading Thomas Pynchon, the crying a lot 49, you're getting chicks. Ooh, ooh. Well, yeah. there you go. I, I mean, this, I don't know. I don't know if it's actually like, um, if, if being smart is seen as, is, as being cool these days. I, I think a lot of people, like, uh, revel in, like, just being dumb these days. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, sad times. Uh, I, I, I've been, I, I used to, like, get a lot of shtick for being smart. And acting like I was better than everyone. Um, they didn't like it when I said... Like, oh, people never like it. They never like no, it. No, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. No one else going to the dentist, but it's still something that you have to do. That's a very good point. I never really thought about it this way. So in some ways, reading Crying Bot 49 is no different than going to the dentist. It's like a root canal. Okay, okay. Mm. It just has to be done sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So like, if you were going to recommend like three books that would show off your prowess and your intelligence to the world. This would be one of them? What would be the other two? No, I think the, th- the three would be um, Northern Lights, uh, mm. The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass. So it's basically his dark materials. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what about <laughs> the, uh, the new one? Oh, The Book of Dust. Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Ah, The Book of Dust. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> It's in the Book of Dust, which is Fred Durst's uh, <laughs> new religious text. It's very thin. It's nobody knows what it's like <laughs> to be a bad man. To be a sad man. I heard that he only wrote that book for the Nookie Town. <laughs> but you go every Sunday, you go to his house yeah. and you have a beer and he gives you a limp biscuit. <laughs> he has it's written his contract that like everything that he does is just for the Nookie. <laughs> 
he did it just as, just for the nookie. So you can take that cookie and stick it up your, you know. Maybe read a little uh, bookie where you went there. <laughs> the original name is not Lim, it's Lim Biscuit. Uh-huh. He had a biscuit of a leg. That's what he gives you. It's a mistranslation. But there was a man from called Lim Biscuit. Wait, wait, a mistranslation from Aramaic, not Croatian, not Sanskrit. <laughs> okay. I get it. He's older than time. It was. It, it was one of. The, it, yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that. Um. So it's a big thumbs up from you. Crying up, watching night. Two thumbs up. Edward, if you're still with us, what do you think of this book? I think this book was great. It got me laid more than I can tell. You know what I mean? Can you tell? <laughs> ten times. <laughs> yeah. All right. So ten times. That's pretty good, though. For a book that's only 127 pages long, that's a lot of lay time. Well, was it with different women or just the same one? With different ladies every single time. When I was on the choo-choo, they're going down on the ground, and chicks would come up to me, they'd be like, hey, puppy. You had sex on the underground? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Don't you? you? Did, did it interrupt your reading time, or did you just carry on reading? Well, carry you, on. You carry on reading whilst you're having, making sweet love to all these ladies. It's only 127 pages, though, so you gotta be quick. You gotta be quick, you gotta be slick, and you can't get a nick, if you know what I mean. So this was really good for your love life. My love life is better than it's ever been. What were these My ladies My cats like? are shaved. I've got... Brave, brave, brave wristles in the basket of life. I'm interested. How did you hook up with these ladies? Did you just meet them on the underground? Was it like some sort of like, did you have any patter? Since asking for dating tips. I'm just, I am, I am, I am. Well, I wore a nice uh, necklace. I had a big diamond on it. Okay. And then the, when I got on the train, I dangled the diamond in front of their eyes and I said, listen to this baby, I'm also reading a book, but look at this, I'll give you this. Okay, I don't think any of this happened. I don't think this happened. And then a dragon came and ate, ate the roof of the train and then a bumblebee flew in the window and I said, hello, and he goes, hey, yo, where you going, man? Right, and then a palm tree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call someone. I think. What are you gonna call? Take him, I, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you Don't call Batman on me, please. They were cruising straight up for a bruising. Batman's gonna kick the shit out of you. Oh, you're right. Oh, also, I resigned to it. I'll just lie here on so the you ground. Don't call Batman. You use the bat signal, obviously. Mm. This is like a. That's a good well, idea. Cruising for bruising. That's a good idea for a company, a boxing-based cruise ship. Okay. Where everyone cruises. Right. And they get bruised. Okay. Oh. Well, I'll cross out a film between uh, Creed and William Friedkin's Friedkin's uh, cruising. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. that's true. That's true. I mean, what? So like Creed frequents the uh, the S and M gay clubs yeah. of uh, New York in the seventies. Get searched for serial. He wants to get beaten up. <laughs> okay. All right. That's uh, ooh, that's going to be a tough sell. I I feel so. It seems to me that we've got a unanim- unanimous decision here. I think we all love this book, The Crying of Book 49. Um, I, I loved it. I think, I still do think though that, um, it's a book that is oddly timely and yet, like, era specific in its, um, references to, like, uh, uh, rock bands, like the Les Paranoias, who are currently modeled in the Beatles. But, um, I just wish there was more of a way to, reconcile myself to the fact that like how do you make sense of a world which is increasingly chaotic because this book doesn't have the answers by the end of this book I'm just thinking well I'm just more confused than ever cleverer 
much more confused and much more, I guess, dissatisfied. They always say that the cleverer you get, the less happy you get. Yeah. So that's um, why I'm violently depressed. Ignorance yeah. for the wicked. That's don't what they Bat- say. Hey, 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 don't tell Batman you got you suffer from depression because he is, does not trek. No, he'll beat you up. He'll beat you up. He, he shifts with what the World Health Organization <laughs> considers. Mm. So recently, the World Health Organization studied gender dysmorphia is not a disability. So he's no longer transphobic, Batman, <laughs> which is which is nice. That's how Batman chooses. Yeah. His, chooses his enemies doesn't uh, it uh, yeah, no, I, like, I like the way that Batman keeps up to date put to like developments in psychotherapy and psychology as well um, okay well if it's a unanimous decision it means that like Thomas Pynchon crying about 49 you enter the Hall of Fame I'll be counting now we don't have to stand I got my hand do you like that song? It's a really good song. Very long. <laughs> oh, if you thought that was all, you're gonna love the next song. Um, oh dear. As we know, as we know, well, not every book is perfect. We can always improve any book, no matter how good it is. And this is the part of the show where I ask all my guests for how they would have improved this book in the section we call notes. And this gives you enough time to think about what you're going to say. This song reminds me of the time I went ice skating with Calvin Coolidge. How do you remember it? The ice was cold. Okay. Cold as a cold drink. And I was wearing knives on my shoes, like a a knife shoe man. Calvin Coolidge had had, had a bean in his pocket. Notes, everybody. I'm going to go in a uh, clockwise fashion. I'm going to actually, you know, I'm going to take a big risk here, and I'm going to start off with Edward. Edward, how would you have improved the crying of the lot forty nine? I think a lot of the uncertainty in the book was an interesting choice that he made. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I look at some books, and they're a lot more certain, and there's a less uh, blurry lines that you get, like uh, in Harry Potter. And, but but I thought it was overall good, but you could have made it a bit more certain. So you want the mystery to be solved? No. Oh. I want it to be solved 15% more. <laughs> so, okay, let me try and... Let me try and, like, um, make this more concrete then. So what you're saying is that you want... Yes. You more certainty that it's the conspiracy is real, or you want more certainty that the conspiracy might be an Oedipus head? I think the the latter. So you think it's with fifteen percent of the former. So you throw in a, a clue, like saying, like, no, this is definitely happening in the head. Like Rosemary's Baby, great, great, great film. Great. Never fully resolved whether Rosemary is having a breakdown or it's whether a ba- she's or whether birth. she's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they. Yeah, it's true. Rosemary's a baby. If you go down the route of nothing in that film's real, then she yeah. could just she be a baby. Be, be Rosemary's baby. a baby. That's Rosemary. what the movie's called. The clue was in the title. It's true. I don't know why we Rosemary's never... a baby. <laughs> and then the crying of Love 49. I would have liked to have heard the actual sounds of the of the of the lot. 
Oh yeah, that's a good point. It's uh, I mean, for a lot of it, it never describes it. Is it like a wah wah? Oh, wah. No, I thought like, it's more of a oh. crying of a, an auction. So like um, it was gonna. Oh, I know that guy. That's how the book should have ended, technically speaking, and they, as they hear the crying uh, of the lot forty nine, but we never do. That's the whole point of the book. Um, so your your note there is more for more certainty, but not too much. Just fifteen percent. Yeah, you know, I'm just not so right. certain in my life now. I'm having tr- some troubles figuring out what's real and what's not. Yes, we've definitely got that feeling from you today. Uh, but that's all right. That's a, that's a good note. That's a good note. 15% more certainty. I think all of us could do with 15% more certainty in our lives. Um, not sure that we're going to achieve that, but there you go. Nathan, how would you have improved this book? Uh, I would have, uh, I would have liked to see a lot more of Richard Milhouse Nixon. I think if he was a character, him and Checkers, I think any book, or piece of work can be improved by the presence of Nixon. How would you work Nixon into oh, this narrative? Beautiful, uh, he would have hung out with Edipa and they would have done hand stuff. Ah, yummy! <laughs> it would like the scene in Moonlight. Oh, yes. Okay, so they're on the beach together. Yeah, give each other hands Not on the doing beach. a hate, hate crime, doing a love crime. No, that, well, no not, not, not a love crime. I think just love. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> if it's the public place, though, it's a crime. That's true. Technically speaking... It I would be a busy beach. If they were underage as well, <laughs> a love crime. That's a love crime. They wouldn't be underage. Yeah. Nixon was never underage. Well, that's true, that's true. The age of consent increased every year that Nixon aged a year. Maybe a love misdemeanor is what I'm looking at here. Okay, so what... Uh, so the age of consent currently is dead. Yes, that's very true. That's like that's a that's a very high bar to cross. But which means that Nixon's good to go. <laughs> so is, is Nixon doing the hand stuff on Edipa or Edipa doing the hand stuff on Nixon? Or back and forth. To... Okay, all right. And that's how Thomas Pynchon writes it. It just goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back like six pages, and then oh, they both Wu Tang. How do they resolve like... this? <laughs> well, Pynchon was a big influence on Wu Tang, and um, vice versa. I'm sure. Yeah, like old day bastard um, did actually meet with. Nick uh, Pinchon at one time and Nixon and Nixon, and Nixon yeah, yeah. it's um, like an Elvis and Nixon scenario they hung out and did crack together <laughs> except and Nixon confessed that I did introduce it into the African American community that's true I'll, I'll vouch for him on that one okay so how would they have resolved this would you resolve this uh, storyline with Nixon kind of like just appearing and then disappearing oh this the wouldn't be uh, this would have no impact on the proportion of the narrative I think it would just be around sort of the first maybe page 10 oh okay so we, how about we open in media race with mm-hmm. literally mid hand job just straight in there instead of like the book so the book begins with the line one summer afternoon, Mrs. Edipa Mus came home from a Tupperware party whose hostess had put perhaps too much kirsch in the fondue to find that she, Edipa, had been named executor of the, or she supposed executrix of the estate of one Pierce in Verarity, a California real estate mogul who once lost $2 million in his spare time, but still had assets numerous and tangled enough to make a job of sorting it out more than honor- honorary. That's the first sentence it is. Mm. Yours would have been like, um, Nixon came in Edipa's hand. No, it'd be like... <laughs> I mean, a bit more graceful. If it was like a movie, the movie would start like interior, interior, uh, Oedipus kitchen, uh, close up on, uh, a handy. We pull out and then we see who's doing it. You see, it's me, Oedipus, uh, Oedipus, uh, hot, but doesn't know it. And we see Nixon 
hot but knows it. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So that, that that's it, and then we're right in the mi- middle of it. But and then and then then Nixon so I, looks to the camera. Malcolm, this is either Bamas. Oh, I've got to stop giving you a handjob, Nixon. I've yeah. just made been made executrix. Well, should call him Ricky. Yes, Ricky. Ah, like, oh, Ricky. I've just been made executrix of Pearson Verarity. Another uh, one of my exes who I also did hand stuff with. Like um, that sets mm. up the story really nicely. But then I guess. Because you know where it's set, you know it's set in the sixties. You know Nixon's Good president, Nixon. but I guess you're not uh, that big yet. And because and, and I loved it, I preferred Nixon before he got big. Okay, when he was a little boy, <laughs> little Richie Nixon, we used to call him. We, we used to call little Dicky Nix. Did you so you see him being a big part of the narrative, or just basically? No, he would be essentially extraneous, but it would like add to uh, the wider setting. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. It, it, it definitely like um. It, it gives more flavour and period detail to the actual like, uh, uh, setting of the crime block 49. It seems Name me a book that wouldn't be improved by the introduction of a handjob scene. Well, from Nixon or the handjob? Any. Oh, okay. How about... Um, the Railway Children. Disagree. Mm-hmm. What about uh, It by Stephen King? That does feature an orgy. That does have an orgy. No, but there's no handjobs. <laughs> they don't give handjobs. They, 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 they jump the straight, straight to, to sucking straight and fucking. Straight to orgy. There should have been a handjob scene. The Winnie the Pooh. No, uh, Eagle does finger, finger tigger. <laughs> That's how he... That's really, really difficult considering donkeys don't have fingers, but... Uh, he takes out his tail he and he just puts a hoof. Yeah, yeah he sticks <laughs> twigs in him, in his hoof. It's great test. <laughs> I is that what they call? Is that how you play poo sticks? Like, uh, yeah, that's what I said. Anal finger. Out. So do you want to play poo sticks when you finger someone's anus in a river with twigs, <laughs> and you go underneath a bridge? Sounds like my kind of party. <laughs> underneath a bridge, stick up your butt. Fun, that's me. Fun fact: That's what um um Anthony Key. This is uh under the bridge. <laughs> Chili Peppers was about a game of poo sticks. I guess what got out of hand. Um, all right. That's a. I, I think I'm. I'm with you on this, actually. I like I like that hand jobs, Nixon. Um, it's all taking shape now. Dan, how would you have improved? Uh, uh, this I book? read the previous notes, but I think uh, there's a character in the book called Kirby. Um, it's very briefly in it. I think that'd be better if it was the actual Kirby, uh, and he consumed Oedipus and gained the power of madness. <laughs> madness. Yeah. Okay. Well, then tell Batman about this. No. Uh, and then Batman tries to beat up Kirby, and then Kirby consumes Batman and gains <laughs> double madness. <laughs> So yeah, he, he starts trying to beat himself up. Like, yeah. um, okay. All right. Um, is that it? So like, he, she can. Yeah, it's just the same book, but Kirby's. But in the Kirby, Kirby of it. just completely hijacks the narrative. Yeah. Kirby and Batman. Yeah, so yeah. they consume every everything. <laughs> Kirby just goes around consuming. Does it still too end? Much. Does it still end with like Kirby waiting at the auction room, waiting for the crying of Lot Forty Nine? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, um, but then me. Kirby consumes the stamp and becomes uh, a stamp valid currency. <laughs> Technically, but rarely accepted. <laughs> yeah, rarely accepted. I've never tried to buy anything with a stamp, but yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's a really good note. I, 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 I do find myself wondering that. How does the battle between Kirby and Batman resolve itself? Like, well, uh, Kirby wins every fight. Just eats everybody. Made a match medals. Uh, Whoever wins, we lose. Mm. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I think Batman would probably beat Kirby. He's, he is the world's greatest detective. Yeah, but Kirby's the world's greatest consumer of things. Oof, I don't know. We we know that Batman's a Kirby's just a mouth. <laughs> like uh, a mouth you, on legs. How can you beat a mouth? 
I don't know. I, Batman will find the way. He, like I said, like uh, he's got like just yeah, like a bat. He's the world's greatest detective. Kirby would consume uh, Batman and then become the world's greatest detective. But uh, Batman will find a way to not be eaten by Kirby. Is what I'm saying. Mm. He just he because Batman he's planned everything out in, in advance. He knows how to beat all the people because he, he uses his brain because he's clever. Yeah. And he's a millionaire, and he hates the mentally ill, and that's yeah. what makes him the world's greatest detective. Yeah, you've seen how, well, how, how many, how many, yeah. how many like his mentally ill greatest... people did Sherlock Holmes beat up? Not many. Exactly. But Batman is the world's greatest detective, but the answers to his investigations are always a mentally ill person did it. He never like so. For example, um, in the serial when he investigated that, he didn't think a a man or whatever his name was did it. He just said a mentally ill person did it, and it's make does make for compulsive podcast listening no it, it, it's true and it's, he's a bad like, podcaster that is one of his biggest bad. flaws yeah, he mumbles <laughs> it's impossible to listen you're constantly going up and down with the volume dial it's very frustrating also it's always a mentally ill person who has named themselves the name of the crime with the words uh at the end yeah. of it. like uh, um, the joker the like, serial masturbator the serial masturbator mm. the, uh, the the stabber like, the bumblebee exactly exactly I, I, I think like um, in many ways this was a case that was easily solved because <laughs> it was perpetrated by a person who called themselves the name of the crime, uh, essentially. Um, that's a good note, Dan. I, I, I think that this book, that is, um, it would be at least 150 pages long if um, we added these notes to it. So eminently doable. I think mm. Thomas Pincham is still alive and he loves getting fan mail. So I, I say we uh, write him a letter. And ask him to add our, our notes to it. He'll never write us back though. And then we'll... He probably won't, but he might actually re-release um, the crying of Lot Fifty. Yeah, it'll end up with us crashing our car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably. Pregnant wife tied up. Well, this has been a <laughs> fantastic conversation, fellas. Uh, last thing, I guess, is uh, I want to ask you: Do you have anything you want to plug on the show before we all go? What do you I've got? got an interview in my calendar. I've got an interview of a company called Opinion. So I'd like to plug When's myself that? to them on Monday. Yeah. I mean, can people come along? Yeah, they'd be good if they come along to support. Is there progression? <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully. Progression to a job, with opinion. Um, I, Edward, you said you had something you wanted to plug? I'd like to plug all of the old little boys that used to be small and now they're big. You'd like to plug them? Should I like to have sex with old men? No! Yeah. That's no! Cool. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Um, That's cool. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna say that uh, faking it. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all the usual places you can find podcasts. Write to us at fakingitpodcast at gmail.com You want to get in touch with us? We're also on WordPress. Look, just go to Google, type in the words faking lit. Not many people have made that joke, so you'll probably get us as the top result. And like and subscribe to us. Um, until next time, thank you very much everybody for joining me on this show and having a nice old natter about the crying of what 49 um until next time fuck you you piece of shit oh <laughs> that was unexpected i'll take it but i'll take it i i respect your opinion i hate um, you <laughs> so, we'll resolve this off screen um until next time keep supporting your local books and libraries my name has been shinty bye bye i love you bye bye <laughs>